So good to see you on this Easter Sunday. Today we bring God's tithe and our offerings into the storehouse. He promises a blessing as we obey him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you all look great today. Some of you have lost weight. Some of you have found some. I think I found a few, but I'm trying to lose it again. It keeps sneaking up on me and grabbing on. But I know what causes that. Okay, you do too. You know you do. So man's driving along the highway. He sees this rabbit jump out across the middle of the road, and he swerves to avoid hitting it, but unfortunately, the rabbit jumps right in front of the car. And the guy, he's a sensitive man as well as an animal lover, so he pulls over, gets out to see what's become of the rabbit. Much to his dismay, the rabbit is the Easter bunny, and he's dead. The driver feels so awful, he begins to cry. And this woman driving down the highway sees a man crying on the side of the road, pulls over. She stops and gets out of the car, asks the man what's wrong. He says, I feel terrible. So I accidentally hit the Easter bunny with my car, and I killed him. The woman says, hey, don't worry. She runs to her car, pulls out a spray can. She walks over to the limp, dead Easter bunny, bends down, sprays the contents onto him, and the Easter bunny jumps up, waves his paw at the two of them, and hops off down the road. Ten feet away, he stops, turns around, waves again. Hops down the road another 10 feet, turns, waves again. Hops another 10 feet, turns, waves again. Repeats again and again until he's off, gone. You don't see him anymore. The man's astonished. He's like, what in the world happened? Uh, he said, what is in that can that you sprayed on the Easter bunny? woman turns the can around so the man can read the label. It says, hairspray. <laughs> Restores life to dead hair and adds permanent wave. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, we're here today to celebrate the, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What an amazing time this is. He is risen indeed. Jesus was crucified, put to death. For the payment of our sins, he was a sinless sacrifice. He was the spotless lamb, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And what an awesome God we serve who, who loves us beyond measure, who sacrifices himself so that we can have life. Come on, somebody. That ought to make you happy today. What an amazing God we serve. Yes. And... Today, I want to talk about the in-between. Somebody say the in-between. The in-between. In Matthew chapter 27, Jesus hanging on the cross, it says in verse 45, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Three-hour period of darkness, as things began to shift in the heavenlies, as sin was being wiped away and, and our our forgiveness was being bought. At about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, 
which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. And then Jesus shouted again, and he released his spirit. Now, Jesus said at one time, nobody's going to take my life from me. I willingly give it. Nobody stole Jesus' life that day. Nobody snuffed it out. He willingly gave himself, and he released his spirit. And at that moment, notice what verse 51 says. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. At that very moment, God Almighty said, it's time to let everybody into my presence. And he ripped the veil of the temple and said, now you can come in freely. You see, there was a time when only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God. But now, through Jesus' sacrifice, through his flesh being ripped, the veil was ripped as well, signifying open access. Come on in. Everyone has the ability to come to God through Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What an awesome God. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It wasn't a bottom to top thing. It wasn't man to God. It was God to man. And he made a way for us. Notice what else happened. The earth shook. Rocks split apart. Tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. And the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man truly was the Son of God. I mean, they saw some things that day that convinced them this wasn't the, the normal crucifixion. This wasn't what has always happened. This is something different. This is something totally off the chain. And they came to the conclusion that this man truly was the Son of God. Listen, I got, I got good news for you today. God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. He loves you. He gave his one and only son so you could have life. He paid the price, the penalty for sin, so that you and I could have free access. This verse 55, and many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Could there have been any other greater tragedy than for the disciples than what happened on that Friday to Jesus? Everything they'd given their lives to for three and a half years was over. And they didn't know what you and I know now. They didn't know yet that Friday's tragedy would become Sunday's triumph. In fact, Paul the Apostle would later write in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, you were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. 
That's why we're saying hallelujah, hallelujah, Christ my victory, oh, yeah. And something rises up within you and you realize God has done something amazing and I get to be a part of it. He's wiped out all my sin. He's given me freedom. Mm. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He canceled the charges against you. He nailed it to the cross. Yeah! Come on. It goes on in verse 15 and he says, In this way he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. What an awesome God. You see, Friday's seeming tragedy was a victorious triumph. The apostle John would later confess that they did not yet understand from the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. You see, for them in that moment, and sometimes we live in the moment, we forget what has been said to us. We forget the promises that have come. We live in the moment and they were confused to say the least. That was Friday and what about Saturday? Somebody say Saturday. Saturday. The in-between day. Friday, Jesus Christ gave his life. Sunday, he rises from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. But this is Saturday, in between. How hard Saturday must have been for the disciples. How they must have grieved that day. In fact, we don't find much written about Saturday in the Bible. That Saturday, just, just that the guards were posted to watch the tomb of Jesus so no one would steal his body. We know that. We also know Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out, purchased burial spices to anoint Jesus' body on Sunday. And that's all that's written about Saturday. Saturday. I like to call it silent Saturday. Struggle Saturday. Surreal Saturday. Saturday seems like such a failure. Nothing went the way it was supposed to go, so they thought. What now? Jesus is dead. Period. Stick a fork in it. It's done. It's over. Finished. Disciples' hopes have been crushed, and they really don't know what to do now. You ever been there? Of course you have. Everyone knows Saturday. Everyone's been there. Saturday's the day your dream died. Saturday. You have to go on, but you're not really sure how you can. Saturday. 
silent Saturday. You know, there are a lot of three-day stories in the Bible. They all have the same structure. Trouble, more trouble, and then on the third day, there's deliverance. Trouble, never seeming end of trouble, and then all of a sudden, a deliverance. You see, when it's Friday, when it's Saturday, as far as you know, deliverance is never going to come because you're living in the middle of it. Saturday is silent. Saturday is a struggle. Saturday is surreal. You really can't wrap your mind around it. It just seems like God is absent and he's not listening to your cries for help. You ever been there? In fact, we even start telling everyone that there's never going to be a Sunday. No resurrection coming for you. No resurrection coming for me. All we can see is death. We're like, get used to it. Find a way to manage your pain because things aren't going to change. Saturday's here to stay. We'll start kind of comforting one another. Hey, it's okay. We'll, we'll start a support group for Saturday. Right? Because we can't see what's coming. We can't see that there's possibility on the other side. Friday's famous. Jesus was crucified. He died for our sins. Sunday's famous because he rose victorious from the dead. But this is Saturday. The day after this, but the day before that. The day after a prayer gets prayed, but there's no answer. The day after you get crushed so low that you think there's no hope, no promise of ever getting up again. It's a silent Saturday. The in-between day. The day that sometimes seems to last forever. No end in sight. In between darkness and light. In between despair and joy. In between confusion and clarity. In between bad news and great news. In between hopelessness and hope in between the promise and the provision, the in-between. Everyone has in-between moments in life. In between the promise and the final picture. It's kind of like a Polaroid. Do you remember the Polaroid. It's, it's had a resurrection, I got to tell you. Kids are buying these these days. They're smaller than this one, I think. But you take a picture and, and it pops out and you wait. And you wait. Back in the old days, you, you, you basically took, it was twice that big at least, maybe four times that big, right? And you took it and you waved it because you're waiting for it to develop. It's like in between, is this thing ever going to come? Are you serious? That's all it looks like. And then all of a sudden, something happens. And the picture develops. You don't understand it, but you have faith that it's going to happen. 
Because they told you so. They told you a picture was going to develop. And so you wait in the in-between. And some of us are in that in-between moment. There's a point where it's easy to get discouraged. You see, it's in the process. There's a, there's a process between the promise and the provision. There's this in-between process between what has been promised to you and the provision, the final picture that's coming. And it's in that process that we sometimes stumble. We get confused. We grow weary. And that's why the Bible encourages us, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you shall reap if you don't faint. Don't give up in the middle of the process. You can't plant a seed and reap a harvest the same moment. There's a process that takes place. you got to be willing to wait. you got to be willing to work through that silent Saturday. It's in the process that we can also grow. Our faith is strengthened. We find him faithful to what he said he would do. You ever seen somebody paint a painting? I don't know if any of you ever watched the guy that made the, the landscape things. He had the big fro. Y'all remember him? And he'd, just, he'd start dotting stuff, right? And you'd think, what is that? That looks like nothing, right? And then over time, as he kept working his deal, you started to see, and then, then details were, were drawn in at the last moment. And sometimes we're waiting for that, that last moment to find the details. That's when everything comes together. The picture takes shape, and the promise is fulfilled. The provision comes. You see, it's in the middle of the process. Someone has said an end is only a beginning in disguise. And some of us are in the middle of an end and we're thinking, is that it? Is it over? Am I done? Can I go on from here? And God said, put a period on it. We're moving on to the next sentence, moving on to the next chapter, the next paragraph. Get ready for what's coming. Come on, somebody. That, you, you need to get excited about that because God is doing something in your life. You can't quite see it yet, but he's working. See, silent Saturday. It's underground stuff. Saturday is underground stuff. Saturday is unseen working. Saturday is things you can't really see yet. Jesus died on Friday, and it seemed like everything was over, but he descended into the grave and into hell and on Saturday, he's taking care of business. Even though you can't see anything going on, Jesus is working underground. He's taking back some stuff. He's taking the keys of death, of hell, of the grave. He's releasing some things. He's bringing some things to life. And it looks like nothing's happening. It looks like nothing's going on on the outside. But great victory is taking place deep on the inside, in the depths, where it's hard to recognize sometimes. God is working in you even though you can't see it yet. Even when you don't recognize his presence, he's there. 
Christy and I saw this as she battled cancer this year, last year, not this year, last year. We watched that in-between season where you wonder, is God doing anything? Can anything good come out of this? And yet God always has a plan. God's always working. And if we'll recognize him in that silent Saturday, we'll realize he is there and he's working. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus says, I am the living one. Somebody say living one. <laughs> I am the living one. I died, but look. I died, but look. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. I was working on Saturday. You couldn't see it, but I was going down and taking some stuff back. Come on. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Paul the Apostle writes to the Roman church and he says, and we know. Somebody say, we know. I'm convinced of this. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And then in verse 35, he says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? No. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. God's working. Even in the silence of Saturday, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. And you're the apple of his eye. He said so. It may be underground, unseen right now, but unfathomable victory and resurrection is about to break forth in your life. <laughs> you could be only a Saturday away from a resurrection. You could be only a Saturday away from a resurrection in your life. Could it be possible that God knows something we don't know? Could his plan include a silent Saturday? Could we actually grow through this process? Could this have been the plan all along? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. The Apostle Paul writes again, No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. God always has a plan. Nothing surprises him. He never goes, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. How did they sneak that one by me? No, he's always had a plan. He had this plan from the, before the world began, but... The rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. You see, the enemy thought he was winning a victory, but in reality, he was losing the battle himself. 
He was doing what was going to bring him down. He was doing what was going to undo him, what was going to steal from him, what he thought he had. Notice what he says here. If they had, they would have not crucified our, our glorious Lord. That's why the scriptures mean what they say. This is, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. God's working. He's working all things together for good. In fact, as I was reading in Psalm 77, verse 19, God brought his people out of Egypt. He brought them to the, the Red Sea. And notice what the psalmist declares, looking back. He said, your road, your road, Lord, led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. Nobody knew it was there except God. God always knows. God always has a plan. And he said, I'm going to take you to a place where you're desperate, where you need me to move in your behalf. And then I'm going to show you something I've been hiding for a long time. There's a pathway through this sea. There's a roadway through this wilderness. There's a way through, and I'm the only one that knows about it because I created this thing from the beginning. He's God all by himself. Aren't you glad you're not God? You'd have messed things up a long time ago. <laughs> Come on. God always has a plan. He's always working for our good. Sometimes we get stuck in a Saturday mindset. Things ever going to change? We'll ever get out of this. Is there any hope? The dream died. Is it ever possible there's a resurrection? I mean, life really stinks right now. Stinks to be me. And I wonder if Mary Magdalene got stuck in a Saturday mindset. I mean, she shows up on Sunday with spices, ready to anoint his body because she's not thinking he's doing what he said he would do. She's stuck on Saturday. Even though he told his followers he was going to rise from the dead, nobody believes it. They're confused. Where is he? In fact, I think I'm losing my mind. There was a promise There's also a process before the provision. Promise, process, provision. And sometimes we get stuck in silent Saturday process. Anybody ever been there? My hand's up. In fact, I'd raise both hands if I could right now. (laughs) 
We think nothing's happening. We think nothing's going to change. And we wonder, is this all life has? John chapter 20, we read about the next moment. Early on Sunday morning, Sunday, while it was still dark, she wasn't wasting time. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and, ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. She still doesn't get it. Somebody stole him. Like, oh, come on, are you serious? And silence. The silence of Saturday is settling in on her. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings laying there. They didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. And I won't take the time to mention that when the napkin was folded and laid aside, it meant I'm coming back. Don't clear my place. I'm gone for a little bit, but I'm coming back. I won't take time to talk about that this morning. But he noticed that which wrapped Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. And then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying, the angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. I don't know where they put him. She still doesn't get it. They've taken him, and I don't know where they put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. And I wonder how many times he showed up in your life and you don't really recognize him. He's been there all along and you just kind of passed by and didn't realize. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you put him and I will go and get him. Mary. Jesus said. <laughs> and she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, 
church in Hebrew is teacher. She recognized him when he called her name. For some of you today, Jesus is calling your name. And scales are going to fall from your eyes and you're going to say, wow, I, I, that's exactly what I've been waiting for. A resurrected Lord. The one who was dead, but look, I'm now alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and hell. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I've yet, uh, uh, I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I'm doing exactly what I said I was going to do. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And she gave him his message. Promise. Process. Provision. Mary was struggling. I want you to listen to this song. Watch the screen. All of us have a struggle. Silent, surreal Saturday.
So don't let me, don't let me, don't let me down I think I'm losing my mind now, it's in my head Oh Lord, I hope that you'll be here when I need you the most So don't let me, don't let me, don't let me down Don't let me down, don't let me down Just close your eyes for a moment. He won't let you down. Your silent Saturday can lead to a super Sunday. Because resurrection is coming. And in between the promise and the provision lies the process. I'm here to tell you today give yourself to the Lord. And never give up on Saturday. Don't quit during the process. Trust that what he promised will come to pass. He's working on your behalf. He's paid the full price for your salvation. And maybe you're here this morning and you're stuck in a silent Saturday. And you're wondering, is it ever going to happen? Is there life? Is there new life to be found? The good news is that God so loved you that he gave his one and only son so that you can have life and have it to the fullest. So that you don't have to perish, but you can have everlasting life that's found in Jesus Christ. He paid the price for your sin. And he offers it today for you to receive that new life. And with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and you're giving the person next to you the privacy of this moment, I want to pray for you. And maybe you'd like to uh, just say, hey, hey, preacher, would you, would you pray for me? Because I, I want to find that new life in Jesus Christ. I don't want to walk away this Easter the same way I walked in. I want to find freedom from sin. I want to find forgiveness. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand up high. We're going to pray together. All over this room, yes. One, two, three, yes. Four, five, six. All over, yes. In the back, uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. All over, all over this room, God is speaking to your heart. He wants to set you free today. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you pray this prayer with me? The Bible says if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's good news. That means brand new start, brand new life in Jesus Christ. That means you're moving into a super Sunday, into a, a brand new life. So we're going to pray together. Pray this with your mouth. Confess it. And let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you myself today. I bring everything I got, and I lay it at your feet. 
And I ask you, Lord, to come and clean it up. Give me a brand new start today. In the middle of my silent Saturday, I give my junk to you. And I thank you that you are Lord. You have risen from the dead. And you sit on the throne of God. And I love you with all my heart. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for giving me a brand new start. I love you, Jesus. And I give myself to you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said.